You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast on a sermon series entitled Breakthrough. It's true. We all need a breakthrough in one area or another. We're all different. We're all wired differently. And so it varies for each of us what that might look like. But the one thing for sure is, is that we have longings in our soul that only God can fill. And so what we're going to do over the next eight weeks is we're going to look for a breakthrough. But I'm not going to talk about positive thinking or give you five principles for living. What I'm going to do is I'm going to call you to a deep and abiding relationship in Jesus Christ. And there... At the feet of Jesus, you can find hope, you can find joy, you can find freedom. Yes, you can find a breakthrough. And we're going to deal with topics like breaking through fear and breaking through shame and breaking down walls through the power of prayer. We're going to talk about having victory over the enemy. We're going to talk about breaking through the lie of individualism in Christianity, that I can do this all by myself. But in all of this, the underlying theme will be breaking through with the power and by the power of Christ. And so this morning, I'm going to call you to a deeper relationship because a cursory relationship with Jesus is not going to work. A superficial relationship is not going to work because superficial Christianity is powerless. So today, through the power of Christ, I'm going to call you to a new kind of Christianity, one that is based on Jesus and is not an illusion at all, because many of us do live what I call the illusion of Sunday-only Christianity. So we're going to start this morning in the book of 2 Corinthians, and I'd like you to turn there if you would. And we're going to begin in chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2, beginning in verse 14. We also have Bibles for you in the seat back in front of you. You can turn to page 965, or you can use our Ridgewood app. And you can download right to the media and then to the study notes. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. God never meant us to be Sunday-only Christians. That was was never the plan. He, He meant us to be vitally attached to Him at all times. He has invited us to abide on the vine 24 7. But somehow we've fallen into a rut in America and we see Christianity as just going to church. And it's not the same thing because if we do that, we land in bondage and we miss what God has for us. Now, in this passage, leading up to it, Paul's dealing with a church in Corinth that's an absolute mess. They're in open rebellion against God. They're in rebellion against Paul. He has to travel there. He has to squelch all of this. And now the church is finally repenting. 
But in the verse leading up to this passage, verse 13, Paul tells us that my spirit was not at rest. This was just part of the suffering that Paul experienced because of his apostleship and his love for the churches. But he is thankful, beginning in verse 14, and he introduces themes like eternal victory for the believer and living in Christ-likeness and not being lured in by false teachers. But the overriding theme is the sufficiency of Christ to help us and empower us to have breakthroughs in our lives and live for Jesus in an exciting way. Everywhere, all the time, and not just on Sundays. So let's read the text together. We begin 2 Corinthians 2, 14. But thanks be to God, but, I've been through all of this, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, But as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. So I'm going to focus heavily this morning on verse 15. But where we're going to begin is I want you to notice that Paul discover, and we're going to discover, that breakthroughs happen through the power of Christ. We cannot make eternal things happen in our lives by trying really, really hard. We can't change other people. We can't change circumstances. But Christ can. And probably more importantly, he can change us. And so this happens through the power of Christ. Paul had this vast ministry. Paul was reaching much of the known world. But yet, he depended on Christ. We see this in the book of Romans, how He lays this out for us in Christ Jesus then. I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience. By word and by deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. But you notice how Paul here is giving all of the credit to Christ. That's the point. And Paul was well aware where his power came from. If you look at this terminology, the term triumphal procession pictures a victory parade of a Roman general that is marching down the center street In tow are the captives that have been corralled in this victory, and he's doing it in front of the emperor. This is the metaphor he chooses here, because he had broken through. He had had this kind of spiritual victory, but it was through Christ. It was through the hand of Christ, 
And interestingly enough, to me, this is the greatest evangelist of all time. And yet every step was empowered by Christ. Every word, every good thing that happened, even all of his suffering was about Christ. And so if we think that somehow we can just sit in a church and somehow God is going to show us breakthroughs, it's an illusion because there's more to the Christian life than that. That's not really Christianity. Just like online church isn't really church. There's more to it than that. And if you look at verse 15 in the first half of 16, there's an alternative here. Rather than sitting in a church once a week, we are called to be an all-the-time vibrant ambassador for the kingdom. 15. We are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. And so for the true follower of Christ, this idea of me, 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 feed me, feed me, I'm going to come to church when I want, I'm going to do what I want, is replaced by a heart of sacrifice because we are an aroma to the world. And so this is really an important point. We can break through into a life of sacrificial service. And if you wanted to put in parentheses, through the power of Christ. It is when this happens that you will experience the Christian life the way it was meant to be lived. It's when you understand that it's about Jesus, it's about sacrifice, that breakthroughs can happen. Paul here is continuing with this metaphor because what would happen then is the general would come and he would, he would hand this torch to the emperor. And there would be incense and there would be this aroma of victory. John MacArthur lays it out really well. Here's what he says about this. Paul was also grateful for the privilege of being used as an influence for Christ wherever he went. The imagery comes from the strong, sweet smell of incense from the censers in the triumph parade which, along with the fragrance of crushed flowers strewn under horses' hooves, produced a powerful aroma that filled the city. By analogy, every believer is transformed and called by the Lord to be an influence for His gospel throughout the world. So the metaphor is strong. The metaphor would have been understood by those listening in the first century. And what caught me about what MacArthur is saying here is this line, a powerful aroma that filled the city. Are we a powerful aroma that fills our city? Am I a person who gives off the aroma of Christ wherever I go? Where people know that, yes, I want to be near that person because that person has something that I want and is Ridgewood Church like that. And that's what Jesus is calling us to. And, and really the truth of the matter is, 
It may not feel like it, but if you're settling for Sunday-only Christianity, you are in bondage. You say, no, I'm not. I get to be home to watch the Vikings. What kind of bondage is that? It's the bondage of comfort. It's the bondage of missing the real thing, the pearl, and settling for the fake, settling for the cheap, when really the extravagant words that we're all shooting for is, well done, good and faithful servant. You see, the enemy wants us to deny that moment to us. But we are the aroma of Christ to the saved and to the unsaved. It's a big job. It's an important job. It has important ramifications. And I want you to look at the paradox here in 16. To one, a fragrance from death to death, to the other, a fragrance from life to life. What does he mean by that? It's this. To those who reject the message of Christ, the gospel is like a stench in their nostrils. This is why in our culture, people shove the gospel back at us in offensive ways because for them, for the non-believer, it's just judgment. It's just condemnation. And so they're not going to listen. It's like in Acts 17.32. Now when they heard of the resurrection, some of them mocked. But... For those that are open, for those that are saved, then this message of the gospel becomes life-giving. In Romans 8.18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to come. And so as we, as we give off this aroma of Christ, there are going to be some that don't receive it. There's going to be some that don't want to be in relationship with you. There's going to be some that want to fire you. Some that want to bully you. But then there will be some that see that aroma as sweet and life-giving. And that's what we want to be, that person that does that. And I'm just here to tell you that Sunday morning Christianity won't cut it. It's just not enough. And so, I guess the question I have for you this morning is, do, do you feel somewhere deep inside of you that you have a longing for more in your Christian life? Maybe you're not unhappy, but maybe you're thinking, yeah, you know what, I just feel like I, I, I could be more. I, I, Jesus could do more with me. I, I, I'm not getting the fullest sense of what I am as a Christian. Well, then you need a breakthrough. But here's the problem with our culture. It's going to tell you the way you get a breakthrough is by prospering yourself, advancing yourself, promoting yourself. I hate those terms when it comes to Christianity. Because really, the way you get a breakthrough is by lessening yourself, dying to yourself. And that's totally antithetical to culture. And here's what Jesus said about that in Luke. And he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
daily. Not just the church on Sunday. Now, it's true, believers met once a week. Just like we do, they, they met often on Sundays in the synagogues because just like now, you can, you know, you could get a synagogue for a Sunday morning because they meet on Saturdays. But what this is saying is that taking up a cross means that a disciple of Jesus buys into the teaching of Christ, understands the teaching of Christ, and follows Jesus unto death. It's total, full-out, unabashed discipleship. And it looks nothing like Sunday-only Christianity. What it looks like is submission to someone who's greater. What it looks like is acknowledgement that there is a purpose beyond me. That I'm not, I'm not the point of all of this. I hope someone buys my meal ahead of me at McDonald's as an act of love. That's great. But it's not about me. It's about bringing glory to God. I will go anywhere or do anything for Jesus. I will obey the Bible even when it's hard to obey the Bible. I will spread the gospel. I will be in connection daily with Jesus and then breakthroughs begin to happen because I'm being changed inside. I was getting my haircut this week. And if you're going to do evangelism for me at the haircut place, it's got to be fast because not a lot going on there. So I'm sitting there and, and uh, this lady's waiting with me, an older lady, and, and she's reading the daily bread, you know, the devotional. So I, I say to her, hey, that's kind of nice, you know, and uh, how long have you been reading that? Oh, you know, 150 years or something. And I said, that's a long time. And I said, um, what church do you go to? We got talking. We started talking about Christ. So it came to my turn. I get in the chair. And the lady was listening to the whole conversation. So she basically picks it right, off, right up where we left off. And there was an opportunity that God had for me. But I needed to know how to respond. And I had to be ready. And that comes because you walk with Jesus. Yesterday, I came here to officiate a wedding. I'm pulling out. I'm a little bit late. And... This guy across the street I've been praying for, he's at his mailbox. I go, hey, how you feeling? He's very, very ill. Not bad. And he walks across the street. And my carnal side is saying, i got to get to the wedding. Go, go back to your mailbox. And what Jesus is saying, this is your opportunity that you've been praying for every day. So he walks up to the window and he tells me, you know, I've been, I've been reading through these Bible verses. And he said, uh, i got a couple questions for you. So he asked me a couple of questions about Scripture and we talked for a few minutes. I said, you know, I'm praying for you every day. Oh, you don't need to do that. Yeah, I do. I do need to do that because he's very ill. And so this is, you know, and I'm no great evangelist. I'm really terrible at it. And I drove away thinking, I could have said that way better. But the point is, you see, Christianity isn't about just sitting in church on Sundays. It's about being ready and being with Christ all of the time. And then we, then we step into this world of freedom and adventure and joy and reliance on Christ. So breakthroughs happen through the power of Christ so that we can be a sweet aroma to the world around us because lives are at stake. And this has nothing to do with Sunday morning only Christianity. So now in 16b, the second half of 16 and 17, Paul states what kind of Christian 
actually escapes this deadly illusion. And it's men and women of integrity and sincerity. The first theoretical question is in 16. Who is sufficient for these things? Paul's already answered that question. We are through Christ. Then, in the statement regarding what kind of men he and his friends were, for we are not, like so many, peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Sincere believers are ones that have spiritual breakthroughs. These are ones that are the honest, serious followers of Christ. Many of them are not flashy. Man, there's people I run into. Probably embarrass him if he's here. I don't know. We have a guy in our church named Bob Freeman. And Bob's on the board. Bob does construction. His construction site is like an evangelism zone. But he does it low-key. He's sincere. He walks with God. That's the kind of people that have breakthroughs. And obviously Paul was dealing with the, the, the profiters, just like we are now. It always looks like they're breaking through, but it's all fake. So Paul said, we are not peddlers of God's word. In fact, Paul could say, we're the opposite of that. We suffer for God's word. We will die for God's word. And it wouldn't be long till Paul did die. So Paul is this amazing example of a man that kept his head on his shoulders. He persevered and he waited for breakthroughs in his ministry and in his life. And I am so thankful for his example. So here's a question for you. Are you willing to be like Paul and to break free from Sunday-only Christianity? Are you willing to give yourself to Christ every day? And I want you to be mulling over this question as we move through the different topics of breakthrough because we're going to be dealing with some hard ones like fear and shame. And, and, and spiritual warfare. And if you're not willing to get in the game, then this is all going to go right over your head. So here are some thoughts I want to leave with you today that might help crystallize some things. First, a breakthrough may not look like you want it to. <laughs> so God does this to me all the time. Sometimes we pray in earnest. We desire something that's very biblical and we pray and we pray and God seems to be silent. He's not moving. Yet the Bible is clear that God is never static. It's always moving. In Proverbs 16, 4, the Lord works everything to its proper end. Faith is trusting that he's moving and waiting for a breakthrough. But, warning, the breakthrough may be in your heart and not in the circumstances that you're praying about. It may not look like you think it's going to look. So be watching and be aware. And closely related to that, God may make you wait. Not because he's mean, because he's quite the opposite. Because he loves you. He sees the big picture. And so he'll lead us into scary, alone, isolated places. And there he will minister to us and show us himself. It's beautiful. 
the disciples saw this guy who was blind, and they thought, well, they're suffering, and there must be a reason for that. So who sinned to make this man blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Do you see? He could have prayed his whole life for a breakthrough, but God had that blindness for a reason. The breakthrough, I'm sure, came in his spirit, and then when he could see again. And then I want you to remember this, too, that nothing is impossible for God. So I do want you to pray with hope. I do want you to be on your knees. I do want you to be excited about the future. I do want you to believe that God is at work in your heart and mind. And this passage in Jeremiah is so good. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Do you believe that? Or are you living in a world where you've just decided that God has abandoned you? Well, I'm here to tell you that God can do breakthroughs. I've seen them in my life. There are still more that I desperately want, but God is working. And so here's what I want to leave with you this morning. Sunday-only Christianity isn't going to cut it. You want to break through? You want to make a difference? Then Sunday morning Christianity isn't enough because it's superficial and it's powerless. And you won't have roots to stand on when suffering comes. You won't understand God when you're off kilter. You won't have Christian community around you when you're struggling. And you won't have a witness because you won't have anything to give anyone. So this morning I plead with you. Don't settle for the illusion of Sunday-only Christianity. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. We encourage you to receive the message that was just given and let the Lord do a mighty work in and through you. For more information on how to connect, give to this ministry, or for more faith-based resources, visit us at myrwc.org.